Good evening and welcome to Island Church. We are so happy that you've joined us for service tonight. We hope that you've come ready to be encouraged and edified as we praise and worship and we listen to the word taught together. If you would, please go ahead and check your cell phones and make sure that they're silenced or completely turned off so that we don't have any distractions during tonight's service. And if you would, stand to your feet, greet someone around you, and we will begin praise and worship in just a moment. worship God. Let's praise Him. Anybody ready to praise our King of Kings? Yes, amen.
your hands and worship God. Oh, we worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. How we worship you, Father. For you're worthy of our worship. Our praise, our honor, our adoration. We give it all unto you, God. Oh, we love you, Lord. Jesus, we magnify your name. Hallelujah. <laughs> we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all you've done, for all you're doing, for all you're going to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer tonight, would you come forward and praise the Lord? What a wonderful atmosphere. Glory to God. You can receive anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, Jimbo. We'll pray for you.
the youth can go back and do what the youth do. Glory. Give our praise team a hand clap. Wasn't that beautiful tonight? Thank God for the anointing and the talent, the ability. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Living in the last days right before the rapture of the church. Glory to God. That's awesome. Somebody ought to be excited about that. Amen. Praise God. I am. Well, I tell you, things are getting crazy. They're getting pretty crazy. Hallelujah. The Bible says, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. How many givers we have this evening? Any cheerful givers? I was looking in Joshua. I, I've always liked Joshua. If you give him by cash, they'll bring you an envelope if you need it. I've always liked Joshua 1.8 uh, for many different reasons. And when it comes to prosperity, you know, it is, a, it, is a, it is a scripture that does reveal the will of God, his desire to want his people to prosper. And if they prospered under that covenant, why shouldn't we prosper under this one? Amen. Amen. But now he says to Joshua, now Joshua, and the, they're fixing to go in and they're fixing to discover a new type of prosperity. They hadn't had any place to sow seed. They'd been living in the, de in the desert. Now they're qualified through their obedience to sow some seed. God's going to give them some ground. Amen. Isn't that good when God does that? Then God begins to speak to him. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. That's why confession is so important. You know, just like in a service like that, to say those type of things. 
who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ. To rehearse them one to another is biblical. You know, there was a, uh, one of uh, just a little rabbit trail. It is Wednesday night. We can do these things. Amen. <laughs> one of brother and sister Goodwin's sons uh, is a Hebrew scholar. And so he held a meeting over in, uh, uh, for you that don't know who brother and sister Goodwin were, uh, they were uh, pastors. We grew up in their church way back in the 60s, and they were pastors who were forerunners of the, of the entire charismatic move. God used them mightily. Amen. Uh, uh, why did I get off talking about them? Let me get my train of thought back. <laughs> Their son was, was a Hebrew scholar, so he held a meeting over in, in uh, Conroe at a little church. And I went there. There was about 10 people there. But he did a, a, there's a name for it in Hebrew. I can't say it, but it's when you break down the scripture in the language and, and, and bring forth not only just what the words are saying, but all the intent behind it. And he was talking about uh, uh, the angels in the temple of God saying, holy, holy, and how it, it's like a bunch of angels on one side, the other, and they're like challenging one another to, to you know, one would say holy, the other would say holy, the other would say holy. That's how they would do it in the temple in, uh, in, in, in Israel back in the day when they had the temple and the tabernacle and how their confession, her, their, their words were so important in everything they said. And all of that, all of that uh, confession was the way they worshipped. And they would speak it one to another. Now in our covenant, we speak to ourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart. See, God wants us continually saturated in the Word of God. Hearing it from the pulpit, hearing it from your own mouth, hearing it from recordings or however you like to, to, uh, to indulge in it, reading it from the Bible, make it however you like to stay, however you like to do it, God just wants you saturated in it. Because he knows if he can saturate, saturate you in his word, he can saturate you in his power. So he says right there in, 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 in Joshua, they're going in to possess the land. This book of the, of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Everybody say day and night. That, that's your schedule for meditation. <laughs> Amen. It's scriptural schedule. If it's, if it's dark, well, I need to be meditating on the Word. Uh, if it's light, I need to be meditating on the Word. Meditation means to just turn over and over. Most people are master meditators. They just don't know it because they, they negatively meditate. You know what that's called, don't you? Worry. Amen. I mean, I know I had to come. I came from some, some people with some master Masterful warriors, amen. But no, we don't let the book of the law depart out of our mouth. We meditate therein day and night. Notice this, that we may observe to do all that is written therein. It's, it's very hard to obey the word of God if you don't know the word of God. But if you know the word of God, the word of God empowers you to obey it. Now let me say that again. It's very hard to obey the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God. A lot of people don't have revelation. They're ignorant. They're not stupid. They're ignorant of the Word. They just don't have the information. But if you have the information, if you will just allow that information to go from a place in which you're listening to hearing it, you say, well, what does that mean? You go from considering what you're going to do about it to obeying it. That's the difference. Amen. Well, when you do that, you start releasing His power because that's how His power is released upon the earth is what is through His Word, how it's spoken. Now, notice this. Let me read it here and we'll take the offering. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. Now notice this. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Now notice, now notice uh, whose court the ball gets thrown into. All of the vows. So I was believing God to make me prosperous. Well, the Bible says, no, you'll make your way prosperous. When you meditate on the Word, speak the Word, amen, then allow the Word of God to be your standard for behavior. When you do that, then get ready. You will make your way prosperous, and you will have, notice what the Bible says, good success. Everybody say, good success. Now, that's going to be, listen, that's going to be one of the calling cards of the move of God as we progress into the next few weeks, months, and years ahead is the good success that God wants to bring into His church. Where when other people are failing on the left, failing on the right, we're not. In the midst of the greatest decrease, we see the biggest increase. Amen. And in the midst of the greatest fear and doubt, we have the greatest faith. In the midst of the greatest sickness and disease, we walk in divine health. And when there's terrorism all over the world, we just walk in the divine protection of God and just obey every assignment that God gives us. Amen. Living out the last days. The power of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Tithing and offering, appropriating what belongs unto us in Christ through His redemptive ability. And I guarantee you, there's already, from the seed we've got in the ground, I guarantee you, weeks, months, and years down the road, we've already, already got a crop growing. Amen. Everybody say a crop growing. Yes, sir. Praise God. Let's make our confession. Let's give God some words. As we've studied faith, and we will continue to study when we get in redemption, we'll find out that Jesus still maintains a ministry of high priest, the high priest. Not a high priest, the high priest. So what do high priests do? High priests make offerings unto God. What do you give Jesus to offer unto God on your behalf? The only thing you can give Him is your words. Because He is the what? He is the author and finisher of our faith, but he is the high priest of our confession. So that's what he presents to the Father on your behalf, his words. So every time we take an offering, that's the words he gets to present. Isn't that good? Is everybody ready? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the seed you placed in my hand. Willingly and obediently, I sow it into the kingdom of God, thanking you, Lord, that it comes back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I claim every dime that I may need to meet my needs, and I claim increase, 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 and abundance above that. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of my finances. Heavenly Father, I thank you. According to your word, angels are released on my behalf, bringing back to me that which my faith appropriates in Jesus' name. All my bills are paid. All my debts retired. We claim every dime we need to preach the gospel here on the island and around the world. Thank you, Lord, for our new building. Shout and thank God for that building. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can bring your offerings forward. I'm sure they've got a couple of announcements. Amen.
Hello again, Island Church. Just a few brief announcements for you this evening. We would like to remind everyone of our corporate prayer times. We have pastoral prayer at the church every Thursday at 7 p.m. and before service every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. We encourage everyone who can to come and join us. We have exciting news to share with all of our YouTube followers. You can now watch our live stream services on YouTube by searching Island Church Galveston. Please make sure that you hit the subscribe and notification button so that you can get notified whenever we're live. And finally, we would like to remind everyone ages 16 to 25 about our Revive group that meets here at the church every Friday at 8 p.m. We encourage you, if you're able to, to come and join us. And if you have any questions, please see Brother Josh Pant. Island Church, have a wonderful rest of your service, and we'll see you on Sunday. Praise God. Let's go back to Romans 6. We're studying redemption, who we are in Christ. Oh, I'll tell you, it's getting good. If you see who you be, it will change what you do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ask yourself, as a believer, if everybody acted like I do, would there be revival? <laughs> Amen? We'll pick that up in a minute. It kind of fell to the floor, didn't it? Praise God. Now, we've looked at some things about our spiritual eyes being opened now. The letters to the church revealing who we are, what we have, what we can do in Christ. Also, it defines and helps us implement the processes of faith that faith initiates and faith completes because He's the author and finisher. Amen? So we've got that in the Word of God. And so by what, what, what mostly the Apostle Paul, we also have Peter who's written a letter and, and uh, John and, and uh, uh, a couple of others, but mostly through these letters to the church, which 75% of them are quotes from the Old Covenant. If you go back and begin to, uh, to study it. But then there, there is that which adds to that, which does not nullify it, but completes it, as Jesus says. Now, we're, we're living on the other side of the completion of that covenant coming close to the completion of our covenant. Woo! That's why things are getting crazy like they are. That's why this earth is shaking. We're coming to that point in time in which there will, there will literally be a dynamic spiritual change that will take place. The church will be removed from the earth and that Antichrist system will raise its head and it'll take seven years and God will bring it down in judgment then we'll return to this earth to live a thousand years with Christ. The dream that all of the demonic dictators and people have had ever since the earth has been the earth, actually ever since Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. The desire for one world to be united under one, one government, under one person. Well, the devil always wanted that because he always wanted to, to imitate or take the place of the Word of God or Jesus. But there's only one that'll reign in righteousness. <laughs> there's only one that'll sit on that throne in Jerusalem. Glory to God. And we get to hang around a thousand years in glorified bodies and prove to everybody Jesus is Lord. Amen. Wow. I hope you graduate from my class before then. Amen. Then we, we you know, all the things we studied from the, from the, from the, 
creation and, and, and through the old covenant and the, and the ministry and life of the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, the types and shadows, all of that. Now we've come to the place where we're beginning to, to get the view or to see ourselves in Christ. Last week we are talking about the role our flesh plays. We'll complete that tonight because I'm telling you, if you don't know how to get a hold of your flesh, your flesh will keep its hold on you. Let me try that again. If you don't know how to get a hold of your flesh, your flesh will keep its hold on you. Because it's not, listen, it is breaking the hold of something you have to work to stay free from. Because your flesh will rule your life if you let it. But now, at this point, and I'm always, I'm always glad when, when the Holy Ghost allows me to come to this point. At this point, I want to introduce three words which are going to be pivotal to your understanding over the next few weeks to bring these, these, these great doctrines, these great major doctrines of redemption into reality in your life. Now, you say, what do you mean by that? In making them real to you. Not just something that you're hearing on Wednesday night, but something that you're hearing and hear all the time. That you're a new creature, that you're the righteousness of God, that you're the healed of God, the blessed of God. The pro People say, well, that's just too good to be true. I don't like the way you preach that. Stuff. It's just too good. I said, well, listen, with what the devil has out there, and the overcompensation of God for not as the offense, so also was the free gift. Somebody ought to expect to live in some kind of victory and joy here on the earth because of everything that Jesus went through to get it to us. Amen. 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 I've been working at it for 39 years, and I'm telling you, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. If you can keep your ambition and your ego out of it and just seek God. Just seek God. Just do everything you know to do to try to continue to grow in this relationship with the creator of the universe that you've been invited into by the blood of a son he gave for you. That's how much he thought about you. That's how much he thought about you. So three words we need to, to, to what would you say, interject, introduce, and that's the words uh, 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 substitution, identification, and union. Now let me say them again. Substitution, identification, and union. Now, this is, I'm just going to throw this out, but we're going to come back and we're going to work with those words quite a lot here in the next couple of weeks. Understanding Jesus is our substitute by coming down and identifying with the human species by getting in a body. We are now in union with Him through His finished work. It's that simple. It's that simple. Now, there's a whole lot more to it. That's the simple dynamic of it. But I'm telling you, there's so much more to it that the reality of what he has done is stronger than human family ties. Which, you know, psychologists and, and social engineers, well, that's the strongest. You know, it's not governmental ties. It's, you know, there's strong ties in the military, strong ties in sport. But really, it's the family tie. But I'm telling you, there's a stronger tie than that. And that's who you are in Christ. I've seen it in Ireland. The first years we, we ministered in Ireland, many of those precious people that gave their hearts to the Lord suffered the loss of their families who counted, counted them dead because they left the particular religion that's unique to that nation. But listen, I'm telling you, the reality of the spiritual identity that God has given us in Christ is so real. But if all you do is leave it on the page and never really experience what it is, you're missing out on everything that it means to be born again. 
My goodness, to live by faith, to live in expectancy, to have the joy of God, to laugh at the devil, to fight through the fights of life that are just, you know, the devil just will try to irritate. Listen, that is the joy. That is the gold. That's the thing that James says is more precious than gold, the trying of your faith. Because every victory shouts, he is risen. And see, the devil doesn't like that. So real quick, substitution. I went and start, it's kind of tough because you got to kind of look in the, the dictionary and get a, a definition of that, then go to the concordance and see that. But out of that, you, you kind of come to a conclusion of what the word, word means or what's trying to be said. Substitution, a uh, great scripture, Isaiah 53. It's a substitution scripture. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's substitution. Substitution, to take the place of another, more than that though, the act or process in which a substitute takes the place of another to become the replacement. Now listen, the law of creation gave God the right to do redemption the way he did it. You say, now wait, what do you mean by that, pastor? The devil caused one to fall in reality. One man fell. You say, well, I thought it was the woman. Well, I believe that the man could have stepped in between, between the sin, the woman, and God and restored all of that. He should have done it. He was the one that was in dominion. Amen. But he didn't do it. But thank God he had a plan. Because <laughs> if he didn't have a plan, we'd have been eternally doomed. It would have been better if we'd never been born. But just think about the grace and the, and the mercy of God that has allowed us to be alive now in these last days when we can experience not only what the Word says, and I've always said it like this, and we'll, we'll get it even in a greater depth here in the next few weeks. It is legally, it's in the Word of God, the truth of God legally. These things are all true about all of us. We are in Christ. We are new creatures. We're the righteousness of God in Him. We are prosperous by Him. All of these great, wonderful promises, all the promises of God are in Him, yea and amen, to the glory of God by us. But just because they legally belong to us does not mean you will ever experience it. That is based on your decision to experience it. Amen. Now, I know God works at times in other ways. I know the uh, Saul of Tarsus was going down the road. And man, I'm telling you, the Bible says the sun, uh, a light shined brighter than the noonday sun, knocked him off his horse, knocked him right into the will of God. I mean, there are things that happen. I know that. But for the most part, I'm telling you, the gospel get, gets preached. That's the net going out. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And those that answer that gospel call, they come into the kingdom of God. Now they're chosen because they've answered the call. And now because they're chosen, because they're chosen, there's a predetermined or predestined plan that God has for every one of us and for all of us corporately. Hallelujah. It all started because of the law of Satan caused one man to fall and that gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. 
Because people will say, well, pastor, there's so many people on the earth. There's billions of people on the earth. Well, listen, it was still one man that caused all this mess. And it was one man that got us out of all this mess. So God steps back on the law that came through his own counsel because he does all things after the counsel of his own heart. And he established that law. And because of that, although your first birth may have had an effect on you, thank God because there was a substitute, one that took your place took your death, took your sickness, took your iniquity, took your sin, took your eternal judgment so that you might have heaven. See, sometimes we think we're so powerless till we get into the Word of God. I'm telling you, man, when I started studying this stuff uh, for about five years, I was just, I was out of my mind because it was true. It is too good to be true. When you really begin to see what God has done for us in Christ, and then we begin to see how short we fall of it. I mean, it ought to inspire us to reach a little higher, go a little further, pray a little more, read a little more, study. I mean, you know, substitution. Then we have identification. You know, identification, good scripture for that, Colossians 2.10, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality, power, and dominion. Amen. You aden- now, he identifies with humanity. He became flesh. He got into a human body. And because of that, we identify with him. But see, we identify him in him, in his suffering, and in his death, that we might identify in him with him in his glory. And it's his glory that wants to be revealed in us because everything that's going on in life is subject to our deterioration. Amen. Pops used to say it all the time. He'd say, Rusty, you live long enough, you'll die. (laughs) He was a profound man. (laughs) Amen. But that's the way it is from the time you're born. The clock starts ticking. But then somebody stepped out of the eternal realm into the realm of where that clock was ticking and identified with the race that was fallen because of the sin of one. Sin of one man. Through one man, through one man. Amen? Amen. And that gave God the right to use one man. One man. And let me just say this. He used one man to redeem us. Not one denomination. Not one religion. Not one idealism. Not one philosophy. Not one theology. He used one man. I said he used one man. And that's Jesus. And that's Jesus. Amen? Then we've got union. Everybody say union. Oh, that's the good one. Did I read identification? Identification. Orienting oneself in regard to someone or some group that that results in a common connection, deep, emotional, and spiritual. You identify. Now, Now, most of the areas that we identify with, we identify with kind of subconsciously. You know, you identify with your gender, you identify with your race, we identify with our geographical, all these, what we call, you know, identity markers in our lives. Amen. But then there is that which is deep, which we all identify with the same, I like to call it this, the same cord that connects us, and that's the human. We all have a human identity. That's our identity. Amen. And because of that identity, we were stuck in the rut of what human, humans were. Thank God 
Jesus came to where we are, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, so that he might what? Translate us into the kingdom of his dear son. So in everything we're identified with him. Now listen, that's why when we study his death, burial, his resurrection, power of his word, all of these things, and he identified with our, with our iniquity so that we might have righteousness. So now we now live in righteousness. Why? Because he took it. How? He took it by identity. He was identified with it. Why? He was born of flesh. He was born of flesh. Amen? When you begin to realize these things, he identified with that cancer. He identified, and then he destroyed it with the cross. That's the power of the cross, was the destructive power of the cross against all the things that were wrong with humanity. He destroyed it upon the cross that he might impart, not leave a vacuum, but impart something more glorious through his resurrection. Boom! Oh, my goodness. So, I better read that later. Romans 6, real quick. Got a little bit, little bit, little bit of time left. Now, we're reading. They're in Romans 6. Let me get over in the King James. We started reading last week in verse 16, 15, 14, 15, and 16. If you remember, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Remember that last week we started talking about sin, its power? Now, now, here's where we're going to get to something that really set me free. Because I needed to be set free from it all for a long time. You say, what do you mean? Well, I did what I did for a long time. I mean, I, I developed sin memory. Anybody know what sin memory is? That you don't even have to, have to think about it to do it. <laughs> I mean, if you gave it to me, I did it. That's, that, that's just the way it was. I mean, I mean, I was sin will get a hold of you and control, totally control you without even thinking, without, without even thinking. I did things without even thinking. I thought, that's crazy. Why did I do that? I mean, uh, you know, that's what sin is like. Amen. So Romans chapter 6, when I begin to study, when I begin to dig into this, because see, you're not only delivered from the sin, you are delivered from the temptation to sin. You get a new want to. The new birth puts a new want to. You say, well, I, I trained my, 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 my flesh for 40 years with whiskey or drugs. But here's the thing. Now the motivation for that's gone. And if you yield to that motivation on the inside, that which had you bound on the outside be broken. I mean, I, I can sit here and tell you about all kind of sin, but that's not what will do you any good. What will help you is to see how you get out of this. Because we've established all this now that gives you faith for it. Okay, what does it do for me? Here we go. Go to verse, uh, let's see. Go to verse, go to verse 18. Uh, go to verse 17, if we do it like that. It says, but God be thanked that you were, everybody say were, the servants of sin, that's a, that's a kind word, it's, more, it's really the word slave, the slave of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart, everybody say from the heart, that form of doctrine. The Greek actually says a system of truth which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants. Still a strong word, slave. You say, why? Purchased. We'll, go, we'll, we'll study that a little deeper. 
being then made free from sin, you became the servants or slaves of righteousness. Now notice, I speak after men, the manner of men because of the infirmity or weakness of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and unto iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were freed from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things whereof you are now ashamed? None. It was all bitter. Amen. What fruit had ye in those things wherein now you are ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Everybody say death. But now go back up again. I speak after the manner of men because of the... Verse, uh, uh, what is that, 19, 16, 19? I can't see. 19, because of the infirmity, weakness of your flesh. Now notice, for as ye have yielded your members, servants, that's that same word, slaves to uncleanness, to iniquity. Now notice this. Unto iniquity. You say, what? more you do it, the worse it gets. I mean, when you were wild and crazy, did you ever have that thought, I'm going to slow down? (laughs) Don't look at me like that, Alan. (laughs) I mean, the more you did it. And it says, as, everybody say as, as you yielded yourselves. Now, see, here's the thing people don't realize. You're born, you begin to grow, you come to that place in your life in which, you know, you begin to make decisions that are all wrong because you, you you have an iniquitous core. So you'd rather lie than tell the truth. You'd rather steal than do something. I mean, that's just the way. But then that begins to be regulated literally through discipline. And you begin to learn through willpower what not not to do. But that doesn't take the motivation away. And if you ever get to the point where there's not enough character to counter the temptation, what happens? You fall. Amen. Next thing you know, you're not ruling your life through willpower. Whatever you've yielded yourself to is ruling you. It's ruling you. Is ruling you. And see, we look at the, all the big cities, the drugs, the alcohol, and sex. And all, but man, people get into doubt and fear and intimidation, all these kind of things that begin to rule and reign in their lives. And their most, most, even witchcraft is called a work of the flesh. And it's intimidation, manipulation, control. Some people, they gravitate to anyone who would manipulate them, intimidate them, and control them. The reason they do is because an iniquitous spirit on the inside of them pulls them to that sort of relationship. Amen. But then Jesus came to set us free. Jesus comes to set us free. Amen. Now, as you have yielded, so you think of the dimension in which you used to yield your your members. Now, what are your members? Those are your, your eyes and your ears and, 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 and you know, your hands and, and your feet. And Because your feet had to take you, take you where you were going to go. Your, your hands had to be involved in whatever you were involved in. I mean, your eyes had to view it. Your ears had to hear it. And you just kept. And what you were doing without realizing it, from the inside out, you were training your flesh. And that flesh became a sin. Or we say it like this, psychologists say it like this. You develop an appetite for it. 
Well, you can eat yourself to death with a lot of appetites that can be developed with the flesh. Amen. But you have to realize the answer or the key is what? In Christ. We don't want that. We want somebody to lay their magic hands on our knucklehead. Well, if you had the anointing, you'd just get us all delivered. If I had the anointing, I'd lay my hands on myself. <laughs> this is a battle and a fight we all have to fight. And listen, don't you ever cheapen what was done on that cross by thinking some little devil or some little imp's got a hold of you. Know who the sun sets free is free indeed. And a lot of this other foolishness, that's all it is, is foolishness. You may have to fight some battles, but I guarantee you, in the end of that, you're going to have to stand up in victory. So listen to it. I speak after, after the manner of men because of what the weakness or the infirmity. As you have yielded your members, uh, servants to uncleanness, iniquity unto iniquity, even so yield your members, even so yield, are in the same way that you used to send your brains out. Amen? Now, a lot of people never live that kind of life. They never put that, their foot that hard on the accelerator. Amen? But there's others. <laughs> and when you do that, it trains your flesh. And when you get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and all the smoke clears, you still got a problem with your flesh. It's still got a want to in it. It's still got a hunger in it. Amen. Well, I guess that when I came back to the Lord, I just had enough fear of going back to what I was into because I knew the slide I was on was getting real short. I was coming to the end of it. Amen. And I thought to myself, you know, well, I'm just going to have to bite my lip. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, when you want to get high and you don't, you just don't. You say, well, how did you do that? Well, I don't know if it was willpower or faith. I didn't have much faith. But I had enough willpower to give me enough sense to, 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 to have this thought. I better follow God. So with everything in me, I begin to get, yield myself. Yield my flesh. If there was a prayer meeting or a, or a praise and worship meeting, or I mean, I, I, I would drive up to Tulsa. I, went there, I, would, I would read... I would listen to, listen to tapes. I just, I consumed, and I still, I'm still like that. You say, why? Because there's a joy in that which frees you from not only the bondage of what you used to be, but also the want to of it. You just don't, I smoked as much dope as I wanted to today. How much did you smoke? I didn't even think about it. I was blessed the other day. I, I was able, I did a funeral for a friend of mine, 70, 70 years old, went on to be with the Lord. <laughs> he was the first guy I ever bought 100 pounds of weed from at a time. Now, let me tell you about the mercy of God. Let me tell you about the mercy of God. Now, I didn't have money for it, so a guy came to me and said, you gave me, I said, sure, you know. Pick up the phone, make a phone call. Boom, we're on our way to Houston, on our way home with 100 pounds of weed. This is back when you went to jail. I lived next door to a a two hippies, a lady and a man, and they, she, had, she had spent five years in, in the Texas penitentiary for a half of a joint. And she spent five years on a 10-year sentence. And we're buzzing down the road with 100 pounds. 
listening to Led Zeppelin. Da -da 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 -da. And all of a sudden, right as we come at the base of the causeway, police lights come on. I'm like, man. So we pull over at the base of the causeway, and the guy that was driving, when he got out, I had this thought in my mind. Steal his trunk key. Because all the weed was in the trunk. So I stole it off the ring. They were back there talking. Well, what was wrong was a light was out. The back taillight was out. And the highway patrolman wanted to open the trunk and look in the... But he was looking his keys. I had my keys. I mean, he was so convincing. <laughs> and when we were driving off, I told him, and that guy has been in this church. He's saved now. When we were driving up, I told him, that's because my mother was praying. Right then and there. That's because my mother was praying. Amen? You say, well, what, what does that have to do with who you are? Because she understood some things about prayer and who you were in Christ. And listen, when you're in when you're when you understand and you begin to have family members whose flesh is out of control, what do you do? You pray, but you use authority. And you bind, and you loose. And listen, I might write a book about my mom and dad, how they treated their children when their children were on drugs. I asked my dad one time, I said, Dad, how come when I came to you every Friday night and asked you for $20, you gave it to me? You know what he told me? He said, because I didn't want you to go out and steal it. I said, Dad, how come when you knew we were going up to Houston to some rock concert, you gave us your Cadillac or your Lincoln, your new car? I said, why did you do that, Dad? He says, because I wanted you safe. He says, because I had faith in God that if I did my best, he'd do his best and keep you alive till you came back to the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You better believe what you're praying works. You better understand who you are in Christ. You fight those battles with your own flesh. You get that stuff out of you. You start walking in the holiness and righteousness of God. And you won't have to worry about revival. You'll be a revival looking for a place to happen. God will move in your life personally. God will move in your church everywhere you go. Because God wants us to know there is a yielding and a submission. Now, let me close with that. My time is up. I wanted to, that last note I wrote that the Lord gave me. Okay, let me read this. This is off of the union. When we're in union, everybody say in union. We're in union with him to unite, to join, to form a single unit. The two becoming one, they both share in all. The growing together of a severed part. That's the word union. Now, something that is formed by the combining of the particular parts, union. Now notice, one of, the, one of the greatest revelations we have of union is marriage, where two became one, are you with me? Yeah. But remain two. See, a lot of times we don't consider that. We don't we consider the two becoming one part, but there's the two that become one that remain two. You say, now how is that relevant? It's relevant to the revelation of redemption, how God could come and take on humanity and return back into deity and leave his deity in us, and we still remain humanity. We'll, we'll, we'll study that. 
We hear of, we hear of other unions, uh, a union of people that become a nation, nations that have boundaries, geography, common, common history. There's people that, you know, that, there's people that yield themselves to, uh, what would you call, unions without geographical boundary. Uh, uh, they're united in different purposes. Amen? Now, what's unique about that is we are that type of union. The body of Christ is. So the body, the Bible tells us as we yielded ourselves servants to unrighteousness, so yield ourselves servants unto holiness. Now listen, listen, are you with me? If we do this, submit, surrender, or yield, then we come into unity. In Christ brings us into unity. Redemptive truth brings us into unity. We see ourselves in him. We know God sees us in him, and we see each other in him. That creates unity. Now listen to me. Listen to me. The unity of the body of Christ is the greatest threat to the kingdom of, of darkness. In that unity, we protect and cover one another. It is a result of his substitution and identification which resulted in our union. Say, so what does that mean? That means as he is, so we also are in this world. Now, I've heard people say this in teaching on redemption and say it in extreme. One friend of mine is a great redemptive teacher and, and uh, when he was a youth pastor at a particular church, he was uh, cast to play Jesus. And he was known to teach a lot on in Christ. And I said, well, yeah, you're just, you're just acting like now, you know, what you talk about and teach about, now you get to be Jesus. <laughs> and later, after it all happened, he said, no, no. He said, that didn't really what is what made me Jesus is getting to play Jesus in a Christmas play. No, it was an Easter play, I think. Couldn't have been a Christmas play. It was an Easter play. Anyway, play Jesus in the Easter. He says, what makes me Jesus or what makes me Christ is what he has done for me through his substitution, my identification, his identification with me. We are now in union in Christ through his blood, his finished work. What's what? Brings us, unites us. I'm now in unity with the Father. Are you with me? So that does what? That's, that's not trickle down. That flows down. That flows down into the body. Now, I should be in what? In unity with you. How do I get in unity with you? By doing what in unity with God motivates in my life. I'll, if I'm obedient to this unity, I'm going to be successful in this unity. And in this unity. Amen. Now, I believe with all my heart that we have fought the greatest battle, and I'm not just saying island church, but I'm talking about churches all over the world just like this one, have fought the greatest battle against that which would try to break unity that the church has ever had to fight. A real toxin got into the church and really stopped a real move of God, and that was a, a lot of people just went into the ditch with prosperity. And you know me, I'm not against prosperity at all. I'm against stupidity. And I'm telling you, money's not the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. Yeah. Amen. And a lot, a lot of people just, you know, that just, that just stopped. That just stopped the move of God in their life. And they got offended. 
They got wounded. They got hurt. Ministers got messed up. Oh, I could tell you some stories. I'm not going to tell them. They're not worth, t- they're not worth saying. You got to let them go. Going down the road. If money can turn you, it will. It won't take long to do it either. And what's amazing about money is once it gets a hold of you like that, it's not the money, it's the love of it. It's the root of all evil. Somebody said to me one time, if we just had more money, we could do so much more. I said, that ain't true. Said, That's not true at all. I said, you want to do more? Get more of the Holy Ghost. Get more on fire for God. Money, money, money will take care. It'll answer its own question. Amen? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're in Christ? Say this out loud. Thank you, Father. I am born again. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. He that knew no sin was made sin so that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Now hook up to this with your spirit. Say this and connect this to anything you need to connect it to. Say this. Thank you, Lord. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. Darkness, get out of my life in whatever shape or form you may be attacking me. I resist you in Jesus' name. And I've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus I belong to you. Father, I want you to know that. Jesus, I want you to know that. All the angels, I want you to know that. Devil, I want you to know that. Demon powers, I want you to know that. And I say to myself, I want you to know that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now jump on your feet and thank God. Oh, come on. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I remember I started Bible school and Pops was always making deals, so I secured a big old Buick that one of his law partners owned. It was already twice wore out. But it got me back and forth to Bible school. Driving down the road praying in the Holy Ghost. It was in November, and I'd been driving. I got an award for attendance. I made it there every day on time, and I drove 55 miles one way. There's people who lived on the grounds that didn't get an award for attendance. Also got an award for scholastic excellence, which was a miracle. But I was tormented by some devils. I'd get up at 5.30, because if you time your drive in Houston, hopefully you time it around the traffic, so I had to learn how to do that. So I always knew that I had at least a 30 to 45 minute little cushion there that you had to have to go be there on time. And so I'd be praying, praying the Spirit. I'd get up, praying the Holy Ghost, worship God, hallelujah. Sometimes getting gas and something right up here before I left the island. And when I'd get up there to, to Almeda, Genoa, on that, on that east side of, 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 of I-45, there was that big, big apple porno studio, you know. Big old ugly looking thing with all this graffiti and stuff like that and I just you know I didn't I didn't like that stuff I didn't like it I didn't do porno anymore I'm not into porno and I didn't like it and it it did it tormented me 
Because I'd go by there and there'd be thoughts in my mind. I'd go, man, you lying. One day, I drove by there and I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost. And it was in November, I remember, because right before our Thanksgiving convention. So it was early November. And I just did it. I just, I just said, you lying devils, you've been tormenting me long enough. I've had it with you. I curse you in the name of Jesus. You're not going to torment my mind another day. I'm going to this Bible school if I got to walk, if I got to hitchhike. My goodness, when I was wild and crazy, I I hitchhiked to Florida twice. I did. Let's go, man. You going to Florida? Let's go. I told the devil, I said, I'm not, and I'm not going to be tormented by these thoughts and by this garden. Well, I went on that, on that, on that last, on that Friday. And when we came to school on Monday, I'm going down the road playing, and I had forgotten about it. And a tornado had hit it. No, no, no. A fire had burnt it. And then a tornado hit what the fire hadn't burnt and scattered it all over the place. Amen. Well, that was it for the big apple. Sometimes that's what you got to do when it comes to the devil. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. That's past tense. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Amen. And listen, I know there's a lot of people, they, they go to different ministries and stuff, but look, the best help you get is from the Holy Ghost. He can do more in a second than, than men can do in a lifetime. And people will put things into your head that will torment you. A lady came to a meeting in Dublin, Ireland, was tormented by the thought that she had committed a sin that she didn't know anything about. We are having a wonderful conference there. She had been at some conference where they made her roll up on the floor and be born again and born and born again and born and born again and then the guy got her up and said well the, your problem is the reason you're not healed and all this is, is uh, you have a secret sin you know nothing about it's like something on my face you know Leah be going like this you know I'm like <laughs> it's a preacher's joke amen glory to God what was I talking about? I got tickled. <laughs> that poor lady in Dublin. Oh my goodness. Bless her heart, she was weeping. I mean, weeping. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And you know, in all my great wisdom, the Lord gave me something. I said, if I had a hammer and hit you in the head, would you know it? She looked at me, not like you're looking at me right now. She said, yes. I said, why? She said, it hurt. I said, if you sinned, would you know it? She said, yes. I said, why? I could see the light just come on her face. She said, I know it. I said, that's right. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? We'd go on all night. Lift your hands one more time. Father, thank you for tonight. For your spirit, for your word, working in us, Lord. We're so thankful. Father, we thank you for the spirit of unity, the bond of peace in our homes, our jobs, our businesses, our ministries, our families. Lord, as we leave tonight, we claim Psalms 91. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us. 
angels have charge over us. Lord, we thank you both in our travels and our work. We bind accidents. Devil, your strategies, your plans. We say in the name of Jesus, a greater grace is upon us. A greater protection is upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit moving in us and working through us, Lord, on the behalf of others that are hurting, those that are without, those that are... Lord, there are so many believers right now that seem so discouraged. Lord, help us to be an encouragement to them. God is moving. God is moving. And we're thankful. And we're grateful. Hallelujah. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave as the... uh, Walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy God bless you. Don't forget prayer tomorrow night. Hallelujah. Be